tuning in, everybody. My name is John Merritt Wilson, and I'm co-hosted by Zach Wright. This is another episode of Game Time with Zach and Jamir. And today, we're going to talk about the NBA 75. This was a special list of the top 75 players, quote-unquote. <laughs> we'll get more into that. And it was to celebrate the 75th year of the NBA. And... Just jumping into that right away. What are your initial thoughts on the list set? Initially, I looked at it. I was like, yo, this is bullshit. Because there's just a lot. Like, if we're just talking about purely the top 75 players of all time, a lot of the players from, like, pre, pre-1970 just need to go. Like, I'm sorry. They are trash. They went to the park today. They would be nothing but spot up shooters, and they'd probably still get buckets just because they're like you know, six five or whatever. But like, just in terms of the way the the way the game has evolved, if you're talking about the top seventy five best players to ever play in the league, this list is not indicative of that. However, the list is more so of it looks like more like a it looks like it tells a story of the NBA seventy five years of his of existence rather than the best players. Like, it, you you have a mix of players from the 50s, from the 60s, from each, basically from each decade, from each era, who kind of, you can look at this list and kind of see who meant, who uh, kind of, you know, helped build the NBA to what it is today versus the best players. I don't want to get too far into the snubs and anything, but, like, for an example, like, uh, like Bernard King is, a, you know, is an amazing player, but he's not on this list. I don't know where he was for voters, honestly, but. Like, I'm sure Bernard King would have cooked some dude like Paul Arizon, but, like, you know, he's not on the list, you know, because the voters are voting. It seems like the voters are voting more of, like, a, they want to commemorate the entire history of the league versus just the best 75. Because we just did the best 75 to be a lot more current players on there, which we'll get into later. I don't want to jump into it too early. But, yeah, that's kind of how I felt about it at first. I need to, like, rationalize this list and really look at it and see what they're trying to do because I just like you can't tell me Bob Cousy's a better basketball player than like Kyrie Irving you can't tell me that <laughs> you know no one believes that no one thinks that so it was just interesting but yeah bro what did you think yeah I thought it was interesting too just seeing all the names that they released and just seeing who was missing like right away I think that it's kind of a natural thing when lists like this come out and lists like this are organized, you know, we tend to pay attention right away to the or to an order, which there was no specific order for this, which I think is much better because if there was an order, my Lord. Yeah, there would be much chaos if there was a specific order, but in a kind of list like this, since there's no specific order, then it's just more so about who's missing and who's had more of an impact. So just allowing, you know, people to zero in on who's missing and who we thought should have been there. It's interesting. And then you look at why people were placed in this list. And I kind of like, I agree, like with what you're saying, it kind of like this, this, this 75 or 76 players, for this 75 team, basically it's kind of like a map 
of what the NBA was and where it has gone and how it got there through players. Uh, so it's just, it's interesting to have so many players from so many different eras. And also just thinking about it too, like, although we can say like a Kyrie Irving is better than a Bob Cousy and things of that nature, right? In their era, in in those eras, we it, it would kind of be unfair. It would kind of be unfair, I guess, mm-hmm. to leave different eras out because the talent grows. Like in in in, in, in twenty five years, when we do the one hundred list, there may be players that are far better than Kyrie Irving, or players that are far better than some of our best players now. And I mean, as hard as that may seem to, you know, be to understand or to articulate, that's the truth of the matter. Because the game has evolved so much already. And if if we were to say 25 years ago that there would be someone like a Steph Curry, no one would believe us because Steph Curry is incredible and he's shooting 30 foot shots in his sleep. And most, most of the threes that he takes are contested threes and he still shoots the highest percentage in basketball usually. So just, just from that perspective, I guess that that's kind of why they did the list the way they did it. Cause yeah, and you could say it's BS and I can understand that, but I could also understand why it is the way it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, like we were saying, like, like I was saying, initially, I, I was like, what the hell? But, you know, after some rationalizing and looking at who's on it, they kind of had to do it. You know, like you just said, it would be unfair to just knock off everybody from a certain area, a certain era, just because they played a game, a brand of basketball where you couldn't dribble. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, that's just what, that's just how it was. So it is just interesting, though. Yeah, and kind of going into that, too. So who, who like on the list were you looking at and you were like, how are they not on there? Or are there a few people that caught your eye or was it someone specific? Uh, well, looking at the list, I feel like it is pretty well put together. I'm not too mad about it, but there's, I have two players who I think definitely deserve to be there. And a third one, like maybe, kinda. So I'll just go ahead and just start off with the most obvious snub, which is actually not, it's not even borderline disrespectful. It's just disrespectful. They, the fact that they left Dwight Howard off this list is insane to me. He was the best center in the league for a, a, a solid stretch of time. He led a, a good Magic team to the finals against Kobe. You know, he beat LeBron, he beat the, the big three Celtics to get to that point. And they didn't win a championship, but you know, they they did a lot. Of, they, that team did great things. That team was pretty amazing. Dwight Howard won like, I think he has three defensive player of the year awards at this point. That man has been one of the best rebounders in the league, one of the best shot blockers in the league. But I can go on and on about all the great things Dwight Howard has done. And then to see certain players on there whose only career accolades was uh, All-Star Games is just pathetic. Like, how do you do that? I don't understand. 
Like, I'm going to look at his basketball reference right now. So we have eight-time All-Star, five-time rebounding champ, two-time block champ. He is a champion now, 2020 NBA, NBA championship. And then there's guys who just have, like, seven All-Star games, and they're in the well, NBA 75. And I just think that's a disservice to basketball. Just, like, like the entire sport, disservice to the sport by leaving Dwight Howard off of this list. And uh, I guess I was getting to play quickly. Because, I mean, you know, he was part of the Warriors dynasty, which was literally literally changed the entire game of basketball. And Steph Curry is obviously the best shooter of all time. But I would argue Clay's second over even Ray Allen and Reggie Miller. And, you know, to just leave him off and just – like, I get leaving off Draymond. Like, you know, they can't all make it. But leaving off Clay, I feel like, is a bit extra. And I think Clay. Clay being stuck as the number two for his whole career, I think kind of is the reason why this happened. But Clay is a great player, and I don't know. I always felt like he had his own team. I don't know. I wouldn't I think they're, they're a championship team, but I would think the team is good. I think they'd be a good team. He would have let a lot of solid teams had he had, you know, his shot to be the guy. But, yeah, I just think Clay. He, could, he was a big contributor. We're talking about the story map thing. He was a huge contributor to the story of the NBA. And it's not like he was just like a role player. He was no slouch. He put up numbers. He, he's had great games. He's up there in the history books for a lot of different shooting stats and scoring stats. So that was just crazy. But, yeah, what about you? I, well, first, kind of going off of your Clay Thompson point, I would say that, he could do similar things to what Reggie Miller did and maybe even better. Uh, you consider a, a player who could score off of four, he scored 60 points off four dribbles, which is amazing in itself. And then also I think Clay Thompson is one of the most perfect players to have, because I think if you put him in any lineup ever, he could start, he could start at the two or the three, on most teams all time and not ruin the team's chemistry at all. And then also when we talk about Dwight Howard, that was, that was just, that was flagrant. I think that was pretty flagrant, pretty obvious. And he just like, he was one of the most dominant players. He averaged what 2010 multiple seasons. Yeah. I'm looking to see her. He had, a 20 and 14, a 20, and this is me just like not even rounding up necessarily, like a 20, another 20 and 14. And then he had 22 and 14, <laughs> 23 and 14, it's 22 point nine, 20 and 15. So yes, yeah, so he's had one, two, three. He's had four seasons of 20 and 10, which is not amazing. We know Dwight Howard was a limited score in terms of like skilled moves and actually making shit happen beyond just being big and strong. But four seasons of 20 and 14 is nothing to slouch at. And then going off of that, I think that because we talk about his prime, but then you think about how gracefully he's left his prime. Mm-hmm. And he became more of a journeyman. He still was getting, he still was a double-double. And a good double-double and a starting center on teams that went to the playoffs pretty much every year and before winded up on the Lakers and was a major contributor as a role player on a championship team. He goes to Philly last year 
he's a contributor on a good basketball team that was a number one seed in the Eastern Conference. And so wherever he goes, although, you know, a lot, of, I think there's a lot of drama attached to his name and a yeah. lot of like negative connotations attached to his name. I still feel like Dwight Howard is really one of the best bigs to have ever played the game. And he's one of the best players to have ever played basketball. Uh, and like, <clears throat> and we, we, cause we could talk all day about like Hacker Howard and the drama with Kobe and all that stuff, but yeah, you, you can't deny production. Mm-hmm. He was one of the most productive players ever. Yeah, like if we look at his career, like I have his basketball basketball reference up right now. So from age 19, which is when he got into the league, to age 32, he averaged a double-double. And that streak was cut in 2018, 2019 in Washington when he missed like the whole season basically with his uh butt injury, his gluteus maximus injury. <laughs> but yeah, we all know the rumors around that, but I don't know. They, I didn't, I didn't see any real proof. Someone was called rumors. People was being goofy, but and even that, so he only played nine games that year. But he, he his averages, if you want to count them, were twelve point eight and nine point two. So he was very close. He was still close to that double double mark. So for like thirteen straight years, he was getting a guaranteed double double and a high quality one at that. It's not like even when, with all the drama, it's not like he wasn't good. Mm-hmm. He was still a good player for those teams. He's a productive player. I think the drama thing, like you mentioned, is just causing people to not vote for him because fan bases, there's a lot of fan bases who are like, you know, upset with him or a lot of fans. Like, even though the Lakers, a lot of Lakers fans love him now, there's still those fans who are like, oh, you must have played championship with Kobe, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, you know, and the Houston fans, you know, they don't like Dwight Howard for a number of reasons, but it's just a shame. People let things like that get in, get in the way of the greatness that is Dwight Howard. And also, to be fair, when we look at the list, like, because we because we can talk about the player that we want, but if you were to ask who could we take, who could we, you know, replace him for, I look at a number of names. Like, for example, and uh, my guy's going to kill me, my guy – Anthony, but Damian Lillard, Russell Westbrook, Giannis Antetokounmpo, even though he, uh, he's great and he just won a championship. I don't agree there. I early. don't agree there. I, I feel like that's, I feel like it's kind of early. Anthony Davis. Yeah, there's, there's a couple more names. I mean, there's a lot of old hits that we could move, but again, I don't want to disrespect the old heads. So even if we were going more current, like those guys. Yeah. All right. So before I do want to talk about the Giannis thing for a little bit, but before we get to that, I do have a couple of old guys who I think he should easily replace. Right. I'm going to, so it's just two of them. I didn't, if I felt like kind of iffy about it, I didn't want to count it. Cause I just feel like, you know, it's just at that point from debating it, then I guess the selection's okay. But like Robert Parrish, is not better than Dwight Howard in any way, shape, or form. No. He's not like a friggin' 1964 player, so it's not. So there is no, uh, you know, the times kind of thing. That's that's not happening. We're not doing that with that one. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they chose Robert Parrish 
and not Dwight Howard. Because I know if we all had our lives on the line and we need to take a starting five and we had our center choices were between Dwight Howard and Robert Parrish, we're all picking Dwight Howard. I don't know. I don't care who you are. You're picking Dwight. Especially, especially prime Dwight Howard. Yeah. And it's not even close. It's not, it's not even close. And then, yeah, so that was very weird to see Robert Parrish's name even on there in general. Just forget mm-hmm. Dwight Howard. Just seeing his name on there was weird to me. And then seeing, like, Dwight Howard didn't make it is crazy. And I feel like that's Robert Parrish's argument. It's kind of like with the the Clay Thompson argument. Like, you know, Robert Parrish was there for, like, he's a big part of those big Celtics teams. Mm-hmm. So, he, you know, he's a big part of the story of the NBA. But clearly that's not the case for all the big dynasties because Clay Thompson didn't make it. So, I don't know. That was weird. Well, who's, like, who's okay. the other guy? What do you say? Who's the other guy? Lenny Wilkins. He was just like some okay. older players. He, he was all right. Uh, like, yeah. I'm thinking Dwight Howard over him. I'd probably I'd take Kyrie over him too. Like you know, age and era era differences aside, Kyrie played. You know, he was he had one of the greatest shots of all time, and Kyrie's been consistently great, despite how how you know people may feel about him with the you know like now now with the vaccine thing, then Boston fans with him coming to Boston, trying to be a top dog and sucking at that. Taking money. Yeah. And then and Kyrie just saying, you know, with all the things that are involved with them, whether, you know, people are justifiably annoyed or not. I think he, I'd rather have him than Lenny Wilkins. You can also say, you could also argue too about his handle. Like we've never seen a handle like his before. Like, yeah, like Kyrie is a one of one. Yeah, definitely, definitely a one of one. No matter you know how you slice it, how you feel about him, there is not, there's not, there's no other player like Kyrie. And yeah, I'd be surprised to see to see another player like him as smooth as him, as great at, at finishing as him. Now, there were some Let's, other omissions that people were like, kind of iffy on, like uh, Vince Carter. Yeah. What did you think about that? Uh, Tracy McGrady. Those dudes, the thing with them, they didn't do anything past the first round of the playoffs. So it's like, yeah, they were great. Don't get me wrong. They were amazing. But like, and then T-Mac, if you know, I guess with this, you can say this, but it actually is not the same as with Dwight. <clears throat> Excuse me, as with Dwight. Because T-Mac's drop off from like, he only had half of his career. He wasn't even good. Mm-hmm. But one half he was great, the other half he wasn't good at all. Dwight Howard has been good, has been uh, you know above. He's been great, great. great or good. Yeah, he's been great or good up until a few years ago when he just completely settled for the role player thing. But even then, he's still like the best, one of the best backup bigs in the league. So it's like you know I can't even say the same thing for Dwight. But yeah, those two just haven't these didn't do anything in terms of actually winning so it's like you know they're great but I just don't I can understand them getting cut but we need to talk about this Giannis thing real quick and I'm just going to read his accolades just just pretend pretend he's a 39 year old player who's about to retire at the end of the season this is his career five-time all-star 2021 NBA champion five-time all-NBA 
four-time old defensive team, two-time MVP, and finals MVP. Is that not one of the greatest players of all time? And he has two defensive player of the year awards. Yes, and, and defensive player of the year. I forgot about that one. If I'm being honest with you, again, like, uh, yes. He also does, he also has an all-star MVP as well. No, I don't care about that, but yeah, sure. <laughs> um, that's a great career, right? I just feel like it's not a complete one yet. You know what I mean? And I feel like there will be an NBA 100 team. And I feel like, and, and, and to be honest, like, yes, I do believe that Giannis will finish as one of the greatest of all time. I do. I, I don't mind his, him being on this list. But I just feel like Dwight Howard has a more complete career right now. And I feel like they should have respected him in that regard. Also, considering the fact that I would take I would take Giannis over over a guy like Damian Lillard, I guess. Easily. But ultimately, yeah, I feel like they, they should have just given Dwight the benefit of the doubt in that regard because I don't know why Dame is on there. I'm be completely honest. I don't know why he's on there. Yeah, Dame should be like 70, 79th <laughs> or something. Like don't know why he's on there at all. Because when I thought about it with Russell, it's like, all right, you got the triple double thing. And and you got an MVP. You've got a finals appearance. So on, you know, and, and you and you have the mantra of never cheating the game. Like people could say that he's one of the hardest working players to have ever played basketball. And mm-hmm. he never cheats the game. So you can you can respect that. Uh, but the way Howard, it just it just feels I don't know, it just feels like I, I see what you're saying but I feel like they should have given Dwight Howard more respect in the sense of just having a more, a longer career and just, 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 just general respect, you know? I feel, I get what you're saying in regard that like, in contextually looking at it, like, Oh wow, they got this young guy, but not Dwight Howard. I get that. And also, but... yeah. Also my bad. Also um, looking at it this way too, if I'm being honest, um, I feel like the NBA is like, and I don't know if I, I don't know if I've said this before, but I feel like the NBA is really like riding him right now to try to begin the shift from guys like LeBron and KD and things of that nature, players of that nature to push forward. So I, I feel like he gets a lot of narrative points automatically. Like, I would say one of his MVPs and one of his defensive player of the years, I think were 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 narrative points. He only has that one that he only has that one uh DPOY. Oh, he only has one? Yeah, with the year we got MVP and defensive player of the year. That was I agree. I, that felt kind of like a sham those, to me as well. Were, those were straight narrative points. I think when he won his first MVP, all right, he I think he got it, right? But I feel like 
when he won, because he won 2020 Defensive Player of the Year and MVP. I think yeah. that Anthony Davis was the Defensive Player of the Year that year. And I, I think agree. LeBron was the MVP that year. He Le, LeBron was the best player in the league that season, in my opinion. And then it, and it carried on into the bubble, and it showed itself. I think I think for two reasons. Um, in fact, no, three reasons. There were three reasons in my eyes why uh, Giannis got that MVP. One, because we looked at how AD and LeBron basically forced each other together. You know, B, because the Bucks were a 60-win team and a number one seed that year. And three, again, the, just, just, just overall narrative and the fact that they, they were trying to shift the narrative. And, like, they do this all the time, though. Like, if Luka was better, if Luka had a team, they would, they would give him more narrative points, I feel like. So I feel like he's kind of ridden the narrative train a bit as well, where, where when Dwight Howard – was doing what he was doing back in the day. I feel like it was more of a, it was definitive and it was decisive. Like him winning those defensive player of the years, it was decisive. It was obvious. He was the best defender in the league. And at the time he was, you know, he was def definitely the best big in basketball. Clearly. Yeah. I don't know. I get what you're saying. The narrative thing is real. Like, like I said, I agree with this shit. I feel like it's kind of like they gave it to him. But at the same time, it's not like he didn't deserve it. He he was worthy of the award. I just feel like someone else should have gotten it. Right. And then, you know, the the way they got decimated by the heat, I felt like was justice for for the, the narrative stuff. But he did deserve it. I'm not going to sit here and say he didn't, although I feel like he shouldn't have gotten it. But I don't know, man. Giannis's career has been better than Dwight Howard's, I think. Aside from and Dwight was, you know, obviously three-time defensive player of the year. Giannis could still do that because you have to think too. Like this NBA seventy-five list is going to like is like going to exist in the rest of history. It's not. It's never going to change, despite players changing that are on it. Mm -hmm. And when we look back, you like you you can agree when we look back ten years from now. 15 years from now, then we get to the NBA 100. Giannis's career was obviously far and ahead better than Dwight Howard's. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. I, I think, I think so. I, I understand, think they, understand that. Yeah, yeah sorry. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I understand. I understand that. Um, and also, like, I was saying when he won the championship, he has a chance to be the best power forward to have ever played basketball. And that's and that's really high praise considering the fact that you have a player like Tim Duncan to to catch. So yeah. I hey, I respect him. I think that he he's already up there with the best of his position ever. Mm -hmm. Like Kevin Garnett, Dirk Nowitzki, Tim Duncan. He's already up there with those guys. Carl Malone. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's just like future proofing, Giannis it has to be there. Because like, let's say in ten, let's just say ten. Giannis, Giannis's career lasts ten more years. They're age thirty-seven. He has five All-Star games now. Definitely improving on that. 
Five-time All-NBA, definitely improving on that. Four-time All-Defensive Team, improving on that. MVPs, he can still – he still is very capable of getting another one or two or three in the 10-year time span. Uh, NBA Finals tri- trips, he's – I'm sure he's going to get at least one one or two more of those. And then, you know, then we'll see if he wins the championship. And then Defensive Player of the Year, he he's, has a few years where he can still win that award as well. So at that point, it's – Giannis has, is one of those players that has a shot at being like one of the 10 best ever. So he has to be there. I do, I do feel like with the, with, with the other players you mentioned though, I'm sorry, do I hire Chris better than Anthony Davis is? Let's be honest here. Anthony Davis was just uh wallowing away in, in New Orleans, just putting up numbers, getting his cheeks drilled, being soft. <laughs> Dwight Howard was, was doing the damn thing with a team of players who weren't uh, granted they were good players. They weren't as good as him. He didn't have another superstar and he was just doing a damn thing for a while. And Dame is not better than Dwight whole time either. Dame just be out here uh, with his team of players who are not as good as him, but the difference between him and Dwight is Dame's out there just losing. Getting, getting some highlights, but nonetheless losing. So, yeah, I think that's that's all I got on the Dwight Howard and Giannis thing, really. Also, when we talk about Dwight Howard versus Anthony Davis, uh, we can go down the list. Like Anthony Davis, he's still sweet now. <laughs> oh, indeed. Like he he struggles to he he struggle. You talking about a guy who struggles to score against guards? And against forwards, like in Dwight Howard's prime, if Draymond Green was guarding him, that man would have had 30 and 15. As great as a defender as Draymond is, Dwight Howard would have said, All right, child, move out of my way. Yeah. Everybody. Where Anthony Davis, and also Anthony Davis, he's an injury waiting to happen too. Mm-hmm. So like, mm, 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 they just don't make no sense. And then uh, I mentioned it to you earlier, like the best player or the most consistent player that Dwight Howard probably had was like a Jameer was Jameer Nelson. That was his point guard. And you replace Jameer Nelson with Drew Holiday. Dwight Howard might have averaged like twenty six and fourteen. 27 and 14. And they would have, that might have actually been a series with Kobe. So I, I pulled, I decided to pull up the Ragged roster from 2009 real quick. And looking here, just at, trying to quickly aggregate the statistics of every of his teammates. His best teammate was either Turkaloo or maybe Jameer Nelson. He was a sniper. Yeah, and his averages were 16.8, 4.9 assists, 5.3 boards. Really good. Not an all-star, not even close, but mm-hmm. it's good. He could shoot the ball. He was kind of – he was above, slightly above average that year at 36%, mm-hmm. rounding up slightly. But that's not tough. Also – Right. And also, when you think about – when you think about the NBA and the story of the NBA, right? 
wouldn't it make sense to have the last known I, player, I guess, that really uh, that, that took a team to the finals utilizing the in and out philosophy? Yeah, I think that does make sense. I'm very surprised why Howard didn't make it. Yeah. Like, I thought he was a shoe in And then he did, and I was like, huh? I, like, looked at the list three times to make sure he was there or not, and he just wasn't. Yeah, I think aside from that, to be honest, though, I do like most of the players who made this list as much as, much as we could talk about players who didn't make it. I really do like the. I really do like this list overall, and I think it comes from a good place. And then, and then like, in that light, how do you feel about the process of actually putting this list together, and like just the the panel and things of that nature? I don't know. I feel like the panel had a little too much players who, like, they're not announcers, they're not coaches, they just played and retired, and they got asked to vote on this list. Just because, like, we all know people are just going to vote for their their friends. Like, that's just how it goes with any any list. Like, let's say, like, high school homecoming queen, homecoming prom king queen, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, prom highness, I don't know what they're doing nowadays. But, like, you're just going to vote for your friends. And people you liked and people in your, you know, in your era, in your class. So I feel like that kind of, I like you, like you said, I agree with you. I think the list was fine, but I think it was a little too much players who don't have any, anything around the league beyond just playing once upon a time. But I do like that they had a, a representative list of players from each era. Like they had dudes from like James Harden to James Worthy to Billy Cunningham. You know, there's players from all over from all over the, the spectrum of NBA players. I do like that. Oh wait, I, I might be looking at the no, yeah, Billy Billy Cunningham, but not James Harden, but Giannis did vote. So I was looking at the wrong one. Giannis, James Harden was obviously on the list, but Giannis is like voted for like Giannis voted and Billy Cunningham voted. And then you have guys like uh like Isaiah Thomas voted. So they had players from different eras, but um I don't know. I feel like it's just a lot of a lot more players and not enough objective voters, if that makes sense. Yeah. Otherwise, the list was fine. Yeah. Um, I like the I like the widespread of players and analysts and coaches. Um, I think they could have used a few more coaches for sure. Great. I think they definitely could have used more coaches, but I do like the widespread of players from different eras because you get a lot of different eyes and a lot of different perspectives. And even having WNBA players, I think that's, I think that's a good thing to have WNBA players from different eras as well to kind of get that, that perspective and that take of it as well. I don't know. I just feel like people who are participants in something that they can get an award for are not good voters, just in anything. Mm -hmm. Because their voting is obviously skewed because they, like, Tim Duncan voted, but Tim Duncan knows he he wants to get on that list. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that kind of affects his voting. That affects his eligibility as a voter because he's 
going to be a part of the list. He's a part of the list. So it's just like, like yes, he um, he knows about he knows about the sport. He knows the history of the league. He has the right to vote. But I just feel like I don't know. I feel like that's I feel like it just just anything that kind of affects your your objectivity is questionable to a certain degree. Also, so so basically, my question then would be. What you're saying is, just to clarify, I guess here, you're saying that based on how it was put together, it was ultimately a popularity contest, a grand scale popularity contest. Uh, I wouldn't say that overall. I'm just saying like with some, I'm just saying that has a lot of players, a lot of voters were susceptible to falling into that based on their demographic of being former player who is not coaching or or who hasn't coached uh, in the NBA or anything like that. Like, uh, let's see, like Patrick Ewing, you know, he's a coach. He's been a coach at Georgetown for a while. Mm-hmm. Then you have someone like, um, I'm trying to look here and find one voter I can think of. Like Giannis is still playing right now, you know, so obviously he's not, obviously his credentials don't go beyond anything but NBA player. Right. I don't know. Just, just thinking. Just like this is me. Just being like a, you know, just just thinking about both statistics and people. Mm-hmm. People's like just the way people are. Like you can't have people voting for things that they are eligible for, right. because then their voting just becomes like we talk about with the NBA with the NBA players having a percentage of the votes for the All Star game. You see dudes like freaking Michael Beasley getting votes from other players. Like Derrick Rose can grow some other players, and Derrick Rose, Michael Beasley, I like them, but they're not all stars at this point. No, at this point in time, like, let's let's be honest here. But they're getting votes from other players, and that that is taking away votes from people. Like maybe Dwight Howard doesn't have a lot of fans within players. Like a lot of players, former players, probably think Dwight Howard is like they're probably disgusted by Dwight Howard, just the way he carries himself and stuff like that. And like you know, like with Shaq, for example, always hating on Dwight. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's gonna affect things like that affect how people vote. Though, players are not gonna vote for someone like Dwight because they just don't like him. Right. So I think I think that's one example, one great example. Like thinking about why Dwight didn't make it because me you made all these great points. So why he made should have made it. Blah blah blah. But thinking why he didn't make it is because people don't like him, and the voters are the kind of people who would not like him, and they're not gonna vote for him. If they don't like him. Fair point. He he did say in an interview, a recent interview, that it was about politics. Yeah, the the politics of it having too many people in the like Shaq is on the voting panel. You think he's going for Dwight? Hell no. No. Not even close. He'll pick he'll pick friggin' Greg Steesmo before he picks Dwight Howard. <laughs> Jack Sigma. Yeah, like come on, bro. He put he put Detlef Shrimp on there before Dwight Howard. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's just that just the lack of objectivity of some of many of the voters kind of hurts the legitimacy of the process. Okay. So for future reference, what would you do to like balance that out? Like more coaches? Yeah, I think definitely more coaches. Uh some I think I think more coaches and maybe a little more media. I do think former players and current players are, should be allowed to participate. But what do you think about? Good. 
what do you think about in terms of like owners and stuff like that? Owners, I don't think they should vote because just because a lot of the owners aren't, there's a lot of them aren't even knowledgeable about what's going on. They just it's just a money venture for a lot of them. Like somebody like a um, why is his name escaping me? In Dallas, Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. I mean, yeah, yeah Mark Cuban. I feel like Mark Cuban has just been a complete homer. Like he would have voted for Dirk, obviously, which is fair. Then he would have voted for like Luca, which might be a little early to vote for Luca. He probably would have voted for uh, Rolando Blackman. <laughs> like you know, like I think he would. He would have been a bit of a homer. I think. I just think that's the problem with the owners. They're just, they're very, they're literally invested in the, they're in the product. Right. Like they want, they want, they would do some, they would vote with their product in mind and they would vote like, oh, I'm the owner of the Rockets. So let me get as much Rockets players on there as possible. So the Rockets seem legitimate on this NBA 75. So people be like, oh yeah, the Rockets are a great franchise. Let me go watch more of them as someone who's not too knowledgeable in the sport of basketball. Right. So it's like they're not great voters. They're literally just thinking about the money right. first and foremost. Um, I think more coaches probably would have been the best way to go about it. I mean, even the coaches, like it's let's say like Docker was a former player who's a coach. I think that would have been fine. Mm-hmm. He's been coached for many years. I don't know. Just just thinking about like. The Shaq hanging Dwight Howard, like that's that's not fair to Dwight Howard, who's someone who deserves as someone who has a legitimate shot on that list. Overall, though, I think the list was fine. Like, seriously speaking, I think it was fine. I just think, you know, Dwight Howard was a major miss. I think I think the cutting Dwight Howard is going to be a blemish on the NBA 75. Yes. Now, on the next, I guess in 25 years. We'll have the NBA 100, which is going to be nuts to think about. Mm-hmm. But on the NBA 100, are there any players that stand out to you specifically, like in the NBA now, who you think will definitely be on the NBA 100? Definitely, like not made, no made use is 100%. Yeah, that, that haven't been talked about because. Obviously, we could probably say Dwight Howard is safe to say. Him and Klay Thompson, I think, will both be safe to say that they make the NBA 100. So we think. <laughs> but if we're like, I'm just going to kind of think it more towards like slightly, a slightly younger crowd, like maybe not like the over 30s, right. 30 under. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking like Jokic, 100% is going to be there. Luka, 100% is going to be there. And. I want to say Embiid has a great – I think Embiid has a great shot, but the issue there is if he can stay healthy and put together a legitimate season like he did last year. Like, he got hurt last year, but the season was MVP caliber aside from the injuries. If he can just stay healthy for a stretch and play the way we all know he can play, he'll definitely make it. But the health thing is just a question mark. Anthony Davis – his nickname is Street Clothes. <laughs> top, top 75. So I, I think Joel Embiid, I think it's safe to say Joel would make top 100. Another player I think about, you mentioned some good names. I think certain players like, hmm, 
I think LaMelo Ball, if he continues to play the way that he's playing now and rot and he, you know, he takes a step up. I feel like he has the chance to be one of those guys because of the way that he passes the basketball and the way that he makes the game so fun. Yeah, he actually has that. He definitely has a shot. I would agree. I think that, like if Tatum and like Tatum and Brown, if they win like two or three championships together, they have a great shot. Like they they, they do that, they're definitely in there because the talent they have the talent. It's just a matter of you know things breaking right for them, which it hasn't thus far together. And we'll talk about we'll just talk about the current landscape again at a certain in a future episode, I'm sure. I don't want to get too into like the games and stuff, but the talent is there for them, especially Jalen. Jalen Brown has not reached that point, but he's like, he's legit. He's right now. He's probably been he's been better than Tatum thus far. He's out now, so we'll see how things go. But mm-hmm. those two definitely do have the talent. Zion has the in terms of pure potential. Zion has potential. He needs to like not be hurt for two minutes. Right. Um, another guy I would want to throw out there is Draymond Green. That would be interesting. Like, a, like, a, he's just reaching the tail of his career, but in terms of impact, he's up there. Yeah, I think he's one of the better defensive players to have ever played basketball. Easily. And Dennis Rodman was on the top 75, and I don't think anybody would argue that. And if you if you were to argue that, I would argue that Dennis Rodman – is the greatest defender that's ever played basketball in my eyes, just because of his versatility and the, the ability to make things happen as a defender and the hustle and the drive and everything else. Yeah. And the fact that he's a three-time champion, four-time champion, five-time champion. Yeah. <laughs> God, Lee, yeah. His his time in the Bulls is so such a such a fixture that you know it's hard to sometimes it's easy to forget he was on that those Pistons team as well. Right. He's one of the players that made the bad boys bad boys. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but Dre, yeah, Dre, I think Dre, Clay, Luca, LaMelo. Uh, even a John Morant, if he continues to play well, you could look maybe at a Donovan Mitchell. He's consistent. Yeah. I don't know. I'm tired of watching the Jazz get to the playoffs and get and sell every year, though. Being annoying. Just just do the damn job. How do you how do you lose to Terrence Mann and the boys? I will never get over that. That was the most embarrassing loss I've probably ever seen in my life. I mean, they probably would have messed around and got swept by Phoenix anyway. But yeah, that was well, that was. You let playoff, you let playoff P shed shed the dirt on his name. You're that team. <laughs> that is embarrassing. No one calls him playoff P anymore because of the Utah Jazz. No, people don't call him pandemic P anymore. Okay, pandemic P. Yeah, 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 pandemic P. People call him playoff P now again. Yeah. Mm. And P died. He P was slayed against your team. Like, come on, bro. yeah. The MJ Andre will be uh, interesting. 
give us any indication. Everyone who made it now is going to make it then, too, based on the way this played out. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I think I think that we'll probably keep. I think that this that the NBA seventy five will stay, and then they'll just add on twenty five more players. And I think guys like Vince Carter and uh, Tracy McGrady as well will have a shot at cracking that list as well. Yeah. Oh, quickly, another interesting uh, omission was Pau Gasol. That was interesting. It's like, you know, it's fun to think about. I don't think he – I don't think – I wouldn't take anyone else off for him, but it's fun to think about. Douglas Saul was a pretty important player for a little bit, too. Yeah. I think we'll see a little more international impact on the 100. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. It's, the game is like the, – the, like, the future of the league is in the hands of, like, Giannis and Luka and Jokic and – those are international players. And Joel. Yeah, Joel. Yeah, because you got – yeah, those are like four of the best players in the league right now. I mean, to be honest with you, but Paul Gasol is, what, a two-time champ? Some – I don't know. Some might argue that Mark might be better. Some would. And I wouldn't hate them for it. Yeah, especially in considering resume. See, Pau Gasol, six-time All-Star, two-time champ, four times All-NBA, 2001-2002 All-Rookie team, and Rookie of the Year versus Mark. Can I just say, it's just great being able to do this on the iPad. I can just really – this feels so much more efficient. But, yes, anyway, after my aside, Mark Gasol, three-time All-Star, 2019 champ, two-time All-NBA, All-Defensive team, 2012-2013. Same year he won Defensive Player of the Year, and then 08-09 All Rookie Team. So, they're they're kind of close. I think I don't know. Pau Gasol had a longer stretch of greatness, or, or longer stretch of playing well. Mm-hmm. But Mark's Mark's ceiling was was better, I think. Right, and he was also a part of that Grindhouse team. For a while, yeah, I mean, he was—you could argue—he was the best player on the Grindhouse Grizzlies. I think once they once once when they're at their peak, he was the best player. At at the height of the the grit and grind powers, it was Marcus Saul who was leading the charge. Mm-hmm. That was that was a tough team. Shout out to my boy Zach Randolph though; he was a god in two K. That mid range and this. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite team to use in the, back in the day. Right. Yeah, I I enjoy watching the, the Grindhouse Grizzlies. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. My, well, time to get out of here? I'd say so. Well, folks, that's it for this episode of Game Time, Zach and John Muir. I'm Zach, hosted by John Muir Wilson. You can find us on Twitter at Game Time underscore CNJ, on Instagram at Game Time underscore podcasts, on Facebook at Game Time with ZNJ. And that's how you stay to the out for the content, the tweets, and the Instagram posts, and all the good stuff. And to follow, find our episodes, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Anchor, all the places where you find podcasts that are there. So, you know, tune in, see what's going on. Can't wait to talk more basketball on game time.